So, um, this American Dice has done an L5R, Legend of the Five Rings game. We used a weird kind of powered by the apocalypse system to run it and to run the old from 1998 first edition uh, box set of Ryoko Wari, The City of Lies. And when I saw that way back when, I thought it was brilliant. It's this amazing sandbox that has all of these different PCs and locations and different uh, story prompts that you could use or not use. And it was, I was floored by that. <clears throat> we played that game. Today, I have an idea. That's a, this, what was it actually called? The City of Lies or? Ryoko Wari, City of Lies. That's right. Um, so I have a thing to subject David to. That's um, me. Yeah. And, uh, who, who are you? I'm Austin. And I have something I'm going to subject you to, an idea that takes the same, a similar thing. So this is another Alderac Entertainment Group, the group that, the company that used to own Legend of the Five Rings before Wizards bought it. No, Fantasy Flight has it now. Wizards right. bought it at some point. That is true. <laughs> um, but so Alderac Entertainment Group, when they had it and they were doing their second edition, they came out with another... They're fifth now, I think, right? They are in fifth or sixth edition. They're, they're far along. Um, they came out with another sandbox setting. And that sandbox, rather than be this big, huge metropolis, was instead a small village out in a remote area. In the, it's like you literally don't know where it is, right? They don't have it set as to where it is. So the, yeah. the GM of can your story anywhere. can put it wherever they want. I read the, the paragraph yeah. opening. <laughs> um, so this supplement is called Memora. M-I-M-U-R-A. Memora, you know the, the Village of, of Promises. Uh, I don't. I can look that up in just a second. But this came out in kind of the early 2000s. <clears throat> And it is a sandbox setting for this village that, like I said, is not in any specific place in Rokugan, the world that Legend of the Five Rings takes place in. Rokugan is kind of a fantasy Japanese, though um, there's a ton of things pulled in from other Asian cultures, something that at times has been very heavily criticized uh, because it's just basically like, hey, this is just... Um, like exoticism, essentially. But um, what I wanted to do was take this setting and change it up a bit. Here's my thought. The Legend of the Five Rings setting t often has us telling a very specific kind of story. They have so much built-in backstory um, that it is sometimes not as accessible if you don't know all of that backstory. It also can be not everybody's cup of tea, per se. Um, I wanted us to take this and pull and basically create our own, our own village of promises hmm. and yank it out of that setting. And so what I wanted to do was go through kind of this experiment with you where we take this setting, we take the NPCs, the locations, maybe some of the plot lines, and we just take some and we create something that is not set in the fantasy feudal Japanese world of Rokugan. And my suggestion is to turn it into something a D &D in game. a D&D game. 
More fa we need more fantasy on this channel. Yeah. And it's by Wizards of the Coast, and it's called Oriental Adventures, and all of that holds up really well. And then, oh, wait. No, the, um... Oops. No, instead, we take this idea of this village that's kind of out on the board, the, the frontier yeah. and turn it into essentially a Wild West story, like a Western. Mm -hmm. I think the advantage of that is you don't need to know... With Westerns, if you know the history, it's good, but you don't need to know the history of it. Um, you you remove some of those elements of like the really specific stuff that you have to know about the Legend of the Five Rings to know about how like all these seven clans relate to one another and the mythology that's all here, all of which is really cool. Basically, strip that stuff away, translate it into something else, and make a setting that we could later on play games in if we want to, or just have as this cool setting that exists. Um, that. Uh, Magnificent Sevens, the Seven Samurai version. If yeah. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my basic pitch to you. Yeah, there's a, there's a definitely a lot of overlap with you know spaghetti westerns and the Kurosawa kind of stuff, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, the Magnificent Seven is basically just Seven Samurai. Yeah. So um, a bunch of those. Clint Eastwood movies, I'd argue um, some of his movies where he comes into town and he's this stranger who just wanders into town. Um, Ronan and... Not Ronan. Uh, Yojimbo. Like bodyguards? Bunnies? Yeah. Yojimbo with uh, Tashiro Mifune is basically, like, if you just recast it and put it in the Wild West, you'd be like, yeah, it's a Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, a lot of them are almost like one-to-one, -one, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. So I think it would be interesting to see, can we take some of these things and use our experience with what we have encountered with playing these games and create a setting? We don't need to worry about the system at all. Well, I already want to pitch it. The system has got to be uh, dogs in the vineyard, right? That's the, the Western thing that we... My, my white whale. Mm -hmm. We can play that, but s the system doesn't matter. We would just be creating the setting. Sure. So, oh, so I just strip all the... the I don't want to say interesting stuff, but eat, like the uh, um, the setting-specific stuff out of this to make it like uh, like evergreen, like could apply anywhere? I would say the way, the term I'm using is to translate it from samurai to western. Gotcha, okay. I think that could be a cool, fun thing of can we do that? And my goal would be, just the initial goal, let's get a general idea of the, of the, of the town, let's get 10 NPCs, let's get 10 locations in the town, and let's get five to 10 kind of little adventure hooks and then we've got a setting that at any point we could run a game in. Hmm, cool. And I think that that could be cool. And an advantage we have of this is, though this was set up for the second edition, in the book it is like, you could use the first edition with this as well. Because there's a few things where they give you like character stats here and there 
but very, very few. They mostly just describe this is a person and then they'll tell you on a rank of one to five, like what is their level? Mm-hmm. So if they're level three, you know they're pretty damn good. If their rank is five, you know they are the best. Yeah. Um, like you don't need any, a lot of other shit. So we could use whatever system to play the game. System agnostic. System agnostic. Which is an awesome band name. Yeah. Um, but I think that that could be kind of fun. So it would really be a lot of like kind of creative, collaborative stuff, and we could record ourselves coming up with some of these pitches and some of these ideas. Mm-hmm. Like a brainstorm. Yeah, it would really be a lot of brainstorming cool. where we're sitting there going like, okay, here's the an, an easy one. There is the lord of the town is named Lord Akaido. So Just Lord Akaido. mayor or something? Right. So this is this like feudal lord in this town. What is the translated version of that to out on the frontier cowboy town? Mm-hmm. So is this person the mayor? Are they instead the sheriff? Are they mm. instead um, something else? Like, how do we translate that to this? Um, if we're putting this in U.S. history, where do we put it in U.S. history to make it most interesting and least awful? Well, uh, which unfortunately well, is there, is, is there it, a time? Which is yeah, unfortunately not a lot of times, but also often at odds with what is uh, most interesting and least awful. Hmm. Um, as confronting those things can be interesting, but um, yeah, so that's my basic pitch. And yeah, do you have any quick? Qu- we're at about ten minutes. Any quick questions for me on this stuff? I figure we could just do this over the course of a couple of recording sessions and kind of plop these things down in our short game slot as like a here's this we come back we brainstorm some of these ideas we can leave and do some homework of our own and then talk about them through and then in the end describe the town as the setting and then maybe play a game in it interesting yeah um are you recording now mm-hmm. yeah okay. i wanted to record all of this because the idea was like like oh this is the pitch to get you on board and also the listener. Well, you've won me over. I can't speak for the listener. Jeremy, what do you think? I won listener. But yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, let's take a break and figure out some of the stuff we want to, our exact process with this. Charge. All right, so the first installment that I'm going to give to you now is David and I just discussing what the hell a Western is, and this was a conversation that went for some length, so please enjoy. All right, if we're going to change the Village of Memora into a Western, one of the things we have to discuss is what the hell a Western is. True. Sounds important. Yeah. So if we think of when you... When you think of westerns, I assume you're thinking of movies. What is a movie you're thinking of? Or even just a scene that you're thinking of? Um, we got the the showdown. 
Just the, the two squinty eyes looking at each other, reaching for their holsters, I guess. Yeah, those stereotypical like uh, spaghetti western Sergio Leone movies, like shots of every, like close-ups of everyone's eyes as they're all looking around the saloon, like my eyes, your eyes, my eyes, your eyes. The bartender going, <laughs> my eyes, your eyes, my uh-huh. eyes, your eyes. Uh, one one of the girls who's like a prostitute being like, we gotta get upstairs, like kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you got you got the the wide um, like landscape. In sunset or sunrise or something. The huge, wide-open vista of, like, there's n- whatever's going on in the foreground and then nothing. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say nothing, but just wide-open wide open spaces in the in the background and such. Killer cacti. Mm-hmm. Those men, jackrabbits. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> I remember watching Hey, Dude. But there was a girl named Brad in that show, right? Yeah. I remember always having a crush on whoever that actress was who played Brad. She was like the tomboy. Yeah, she was a she, regular Joe from uh, Facts of Life. Yeah, and then R- real babe. Uh, what the blonde lady was? She, didn't she marry like Ben Siller or something? I think maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that was her. I just learned that um, the lady from My Girl, Anna Klumski, is one of the. That's not star- a real name. <laughs> that is her name. It was the main one of the main stars of Veep. She's Julia Louis Dreyfus's character's like main assistant the whole th- time through the show. Like she's one of the stars of that show. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. I was like, holy shit. Well, were there any bees there? Only bee listers compared to Louis, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyway, so what's a western? Um, I think we're heading in the right direction with Veep. Yeah, probably Veep. You see Julie Louis Dreyfus out there on the range. She see her eyes squinting. This regular squint Tarantino. Um, but oh so God, no. She, my my thing with, I had heard this from the folks who did um, the Jank cast, mm-hmm. and they said horror movies are shot in the close up, whereas westerns mm-hmm. are shot in the wide frame. Where in a western, one of the things that you're focusing on is how big and broad the world is. Mm -hmm. And you're just this little person out there doing your stuff. Just desolation that you have to tame. Um, And even if you think about in some of the, in a lot of Star Wars, where I think Star Wars does its best is when it almost is a western. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you see Luke out on Tatooine, and what is it? It's Luke looking out on vast nothings is not just one sunset but three of them mm-hmm. and uh don't ask what the don't ask about all the various creatures and what they could possibly represent that'll get us into some trouble oh boy but the um but so so if we're changing if the goal is to take the memora the village of promises from the legend of the five rings the second edition book if we're taking that and turning that into a into a western story we've got this idea of a village most westerns deal with a small town or a little village or a bunch of homesteads or whatever it is what themes make sense in a western that we could start to focus on because i will tell you from legend of the five rings the themes you're always dealing with are the idea of the samurai issue of class struggle right well it's duty Mm. It's 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 honor and duty versus essentially what is right and wrong. That's always the big thing. The L5R stories, the adventures that do a good job, 
perpetually pit the idea of do you do what you are supposed to do as a samurai dutiful to your lord or do you do what is right do you do the strategically proper like the strategically important thing or do you do what your lord has commanded you to do do you do what the strategically important thing to do is or do you do what is right so you have that those things i think in a lot of l5r games that falls apart pretty darn easily mm-hmm but in um, in some games, it can work really well. Uh, that game that we played with Lee and Carl and Justin, um, where we went to that winter court, and your character and Lee's characters oh, were siblings. The one that, like, the not we recorded one? We didn't record that one. I think that one kind of worked out pretty well with some of that stuff of, here's what we want to do, here's what we think is right, but what is proper? What are we supposed to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm literally making this connection now, but a lot of the uh, kind of the, the theme of Western Westerns is that uh, you're kind of escaping the law. Maybe you've done something bad or you want more freedom. So you're moving out West where, you know, the edges of civilization and it's maybe a, like you put it, um, duty versus, you know, morals, I guess, maybe like what's right and wrong versus what's dutiful. Or you're, yeah, what, what you're, you're supposed, supposed to, to do. It was kind of like a maybe the Western is kind of the uh, like uh, you have freedom to do what you want, but do you then choose to do the good thing or the bad thing? Mm-hmm. Like, there's always like the lone retired gunslinger, like I, I'm I'm done with my villainous ways or my murderous ways, I guess. But there's always some kind of you know farm mom who needs the you know, protecting one last time and you got to use these skills that you promised you'd never do again. So your freedom is up against, you know, the actual good moral thing to do. They, um, to connect it to Star Wars again, in The Mandalorian, there's an episode, it's the episode where they introduce Cara Dune. Um, what was that actor's name? Gina Carano? I think she's canceled now. Right? I, I think <laughs> she's less popular than we, she We're not been. supposed to say her name. Um, but she, the, in, in, the end, in the episode where she is first introduced, they go to this planet and he, um, what's Pedro Pascal's character, I, whose name I fucking don't remember, Jin, uh, The Jin, Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, his name is like Jin Arden or something like yeah. that. But he and Cara Dune and some other people like basically protect this town from, they fucking seven samurai at Magnificent right. Seven. It. Yeah. It is a Western, they're just space, in space. Yeah. Um, he's just got a baby Yoda and some of the people have weird face masks where they have like gremlin teeth or whatever. Yeah. But so that idea, um, that idea of almost seeking freedom Mm -hmm. and going out onto the frontier doing air quotes here, but going out onto the frontier and seeking this freedom away from everything else and then that gets us into the idea of wilderness and frontier versus civilization. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of Westerns, you have the idea that like, oh, back east, and because they're literally Westerns, like back east, you've got civilization. You've got the banks. You've got these people. You've got the, mine, the mining companies. Mm-hmm. You've got all these things. Out here, they're not present. Out here, we've only got what we've got. The local law enforcement is the sheriff, if the sheriff's even around, or this is just this homestead. I watched, um, I think it's called like a Pale Rider, 
It's one of the... Um, it's Clint Eastwood's Western in the 80s. It's the only one that he made in the 80s um, where he plays this preacher who basically comes into this town and there's this little homestead of these people uh, mining for... They're panning for gold, trying to find gold. And the deal is that there's like a wealthy landlord who's hired thugs to scare them off of this land. And mm -hmm. he comes to try to defend them from that. And so that idea of the wilderness, the frontier, and then even just the idea of like s trying to survive... Yeah, like the people versus environment for sure is a big thing there. Like the the harsh desert and everything. Yeah. And also usually uh like when civilization does come in, it's always like a villain like you know like when the train tracks are like there will be blood like the oil tycoons come in, they're always the baddies, like the Pinkertons and all that. Yeah. Just like a a sign of the east encroaching on the the free world that we've made here. Yeah, Deadwood is a great example yeah, of that. Yeah, for sure. What's his name who comes in? Um, Hurst. Is that his name? I think it's it's like Hurst, right? <laughs> I, I I think I you yeah, I, you might I be believe correct. so. It's been um, a while. He's the guy who plays a dude whose last name is Tusk in the um, what was that Kevin Spacey show where he's the president or whatever House of Cards. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, he he comes in and he's the. He's the representative of this mining company. Like, he's, I think, the uh -huh. owner of the mining company or whatever yeah. it is, or one of the main head honchos of the mining company. And so he comes in, and he's got all these people working for him, and the issue is, like, do we do our thing, and how much influence does this guy have and the Pinkerton soldiers that he essentially brings in? Right. Um, even to call those guys soldiers is a compliment, <laughs> uh, given that they were such pieces of shit. But the, um, anyway... But so, yeah, we, generally, like the 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 federados or what is it? Federales. Yeah, there there you go. All of that is usually like a sign of you know evil or corruption that's coming in to the west that you don't want. So even though you, at the same time you're trying to tame it, so theoretically, yeah. So that's so that's my question. So if our goal is to take the Memora Village of Promises, the Legend of the Five Rings supplement, and turn it into Take it from this Legend of the Five Rings samurai story where there's also kind of magic and monsters periodically and turn it into <laughs> mm -hmm. a Western. What are the main themes that we want to explore? Because that will affect later on what NPCs and other things that we take from this book. Because this book, for instance, has it doesn't have the village in a particular place. Mm -hmm. It suggests that the village is remote, but how remote it is is not described. Where it is in the L5R world of Rokugan well, is not really described. If it's set in Rokugan, then uh, you know the Midwest U.S. is pretty remote. So that could that could work, right? It could. Just keep it the same. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm like uh, what? <laughs> Just kidding. Um. Well, my well, my thing is if we if we decide on themes, then that could help us with some of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily where it's placed, well, even that, but like what NPCs, what locations we're pulling out of it. Yeah, so, so I think, like I was saying, kind of like a an anti-authoritarian kind kind of thing is a a pretty big theme in in uh, westerns at least, but in L five arts kind of a uh, definitely not set up like that usually authority is 
you know, something to be uh, loyal to and honored. But yeah. in this one, I they leave the uh, the mayor kind of guy. What's what's that? The lord, I guess. Yeah, in in Village of Memora, there's Lord Akaido. That's the one. Yeah, they kind of set him up very ambiguously, but I feel I'm maybe I'm just picking up on it. Um, you know, thinking of it through a, the Western lens, but they kind of set him up to be kind of a shithead and a more of a I feel like an antagonist kind of thing. So I feel it fits in really well with the that kind of Western kind of thing. Um, so would you say that a theme that we'd want to go with here is probably that a quest for freedom? That these are there's a lot of people here who are not everybody, but a lot of people here who are coming out. To make a new life, life for themselves, but to make a new life isn't just, I hear there's good croplands out there. I hear there's a mine that I can make money on. There's people who are coming out here to be away from, I'm doing air quotes, society, yeah. from civilization. There's people who are coming here to get away from the East, which represents law, order, society, and then if we do the nasty versions of those like corruption decadence that kind of thing yeah and i kind of get the impression uh from the from the book um that's a kind of a haven for ronin you know like disgraced or you know orphaned uh like samurais without lords so someone you know a place where they can kind of uh people who are disgraced somewhere else can go here to thrive again maybe under without the, uh, I don't know, the watchful eye of the authorities or, like, civilization, as it were. Okay. So if we say there's a quest for freedom and um, that a lot of people are coming out here for the purpose of getting away from something, whether that's because they're criminals, whether that's because they're some kind of either dissidents or they view what's going on in the East, given that this is a Western, as something rough, um, it's like uh, isolation from I don't know uh, the repercussions maybe of the uh, the society you're escaping but also isolation from like the safety that that provides too because okay. again the environment is really rough in western generally and it seems like there's all kinds of there's like three different haunted forests in this like right yeah. next to it yeah this so, has in uh, the village of Memora, there everything is like, and then there, it's it's haunted also, and also this area is haunted, and yeah. also there's ghosts here, right? Which I kind of love, so it's it's almost like a, instead of the the harsh desert, it's like the murderous forest all around you, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, any other tropes or I I wrote out some tropes of like things like you get mysterious strangers who come into town. Um, you get a big company or group versus rugged individuals. Um, r the idea of rough justice. Like those kind of tropes that you see in Western movies. Any of those that you think we should really like yeah, focus on? I feel like a lot of those kind of character tropes are represented pretty well in the, the various NPCs. Like, especially the, uh, they have like three or four like retired, like, uh, badasses that are just well, I've just retired to this quiet town. Don't worry about me. Well, I mean, in, in a Western story, I mean, that, like that we would want to, if we're just watching a Western, of those kind of things, like is there anything especially that we want to hit on? Oh, I think uh, all those sound good. Okay. I, I feel like they were well represented. Sure. I think, um, 
yeah, maybe one more other um, theme that I think is interesting is especially in the newer Western movies, it's always kind of a like I mean I'm thinking specifically old country for old no country for old men old country for no men old country for no men the all lesbian Western <laughs> love it the all I saw that the, on Cinemax the, the, as the a over kid. the over fifty five all lesbian Western yep Cinemax <laughs> Cinemax tonight at eleven <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but uh kind of the um, the idea of like the golden age and it's like now ending versus uh, kind of um you know something new happening or some kind of progress happening but you know the the old golden era but then looking at that golden era through different lens like was it really that good probably not it's kind of mm. the same as now okay i think uh yeah kind of exposing the flaws of the past in order to realize an uncertain present is how I wrote that in my notes. I'm like, yeah, that sounds smart. Does All that right. make sense? Am I, or am I talking yeah. no, gibberish? I, no, that does make sense. I just have to, I don't want to jump in too much with ideas for, I want us to take a break and then I'll jump in with some more ideas and questions about um, locations, when and where. Yeah. Um, I was, and to, to punctuate that one, I think there's a lot of. Question NPC- mark. I think there's a lot of uh, those questions, those NPCs um, that kind of are kind of playing into that theme too. Like, uh, like I was saying before, like, oh, I've retired and I've I was, you know, chewed up by the system and now I'm retired to this nice quaint place. And um, I think they're kind of the game is kind of setting up to kind of admire these, you know, retired older generation people. But some of them are like, oh, well, they're kind of awful though. Especially when you look at some of the adventure seeds, like these these people are just as bad or worse. Yeah. So that that fits right into that kind of. Was the golden age really as good as we remember? Who knows? Western. There's your question mark. <laughs> question mark. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us here on this American Dice. David and I will be back next week to talk more about uh, where and when this should be set. And again, what we're doing is translating the Memora Village of Promises supplement from Legend of the Five Rings, um, published by Alderac Entertainment Group far back in the day of 2001. Um, oh, shit. I'm incorrect. It's not Alderac Entertainment Group. It's Wizards of the Coast. Um, that's right. They had purchased the L5R stuff at the time. They owned it. Um, We will be back to talk about where this should be set and when this should be set. The music you are hearing right now, which opened the show, is Traveling with Karina by Lobo Loco. The other song that you heard had been the song behind our long-running L5R game, Mission of Danger, also by Lobo Loco. Check out their music if you can. They've got a lot of great stuff. Very very moody and ambient at times. Really good, and it kind of spans a lot of different genres. All right, folks. Well, please check us out on social media, and we will see you next week here on This American Dice.